0: Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 22. Uh, The title of mine says, Jesus calms the storm. One day Jesus sent his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake, so that the boat was being swamped. And they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the winds and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obeyed him. He sailed to the region where Jared which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the time. Some uh, story that, uh, account that maybe many of us are aware of, well-known. As I said, we used to sing it in kids' club and Sunday school about Christ being within the vessel, Christ being in our boat of the storm. And uh, it was a time where. Uh, Jesus had gathered his disciples. He had already started his ministry. He had, uh, spoken to hundreds and maybe even thousands on the, um, on the mountain, which we often call the Sermon on the Mount. It was a time where he explained lots of his, uh, teachings to them, to all the people who gathered. But Jesus had already as well performed a number of miracles, even by the time they were getting onto this boat. Uh, he had, um, Come and he they even raised the dead before this happened, and he was getting on this boat with his disciples. Now, as we know, many of us that uh, the disciples were a group of twelve who were called uh, by Jesus himself. He was he had called these twelve together, and they were various uh, group of people, quite a, a mixed people.
1: There were fishermen
0: among them. There were brothers among them, there was a tax collector. There were uneducated men. There were men full of zeal, full of gold. Quite a, a strange bunch. But they were all called to be with Jesus. And many of them, or all of them, they left other things they were doing. As I said, some of them were fishermen and they, they left their boats. A tax collector left his profitable business. All these men had uh, left maybe family as well. And gone to follow Jesus. And that changed their lives. From then on, their life was totally different. Uh, They had started this journey, which was going to last just over three years with Jesus, to be with him and to learn from him, And to know who he was and to proclaim, to tell others who this Jesus was. They were a cold group. He literally went to them and he said to them, follow me. One by one they went and followed him. And it, it made me think that we too are those called people. In first Corinthians one sorry Dave, I have missed one there. But first Corinthians one verse one chapter one verse one and two says Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and our brother socrates to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ and called to be his holy people. Together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they are Lord and our well. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Paul here was writing to a group of people who he identified as called, called to follow Christ himself. Then Peter picks that up as well. In 1 uh, Peter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not the people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We've been called, each and every one of us who know Christ and are wanting to follow him, we've been called. Called out of our old life to a changed life. We read in uh, one of Paul's writing letters, who says that you are a new creation. We've been born again. We've become this new uh, person in Christ. We've still got lots of the old um, failings within us, but God is changing us more and more because we've been called by him. We may not have been called out of employment. Pastor Luke was here now. He is one of those who was called out of, the, out of his um, natural employment. He was working in a school, but God has called him to do a specific task here to lead us in this church. Now, most of us aren't called. Well, I'm saying, yeah, most of us aren't called. Do that specific job, but you know what? We've been called to follow him wherever we are in our uh, daily work, whatever our job is, whatever um, position we have, whether we've finished working, whether we've never worked. It doesn't matter. God has called us to follow him. He's called us to love God with all our heart with all our minds, with all our effort, with every part of us to love God with everything, and then to love people, our neighbor, those around us, those we're involved with, to love those. We've been called as witnesses to tell others of who God is, to tell others who Jesus is and what a difference he makes in their lives. We've been called to be ambassadors, representatives of who God is, wherever we walk. So we are all called, and in that way, uh, we can identify with his disciples we've been called like them we've been called also by God to do the right things in our lives to the way we walk our our, our walk with him, following him, and the things that we do we've heard even recently of uh, how the early church was set up, how uh, the Peter had proclaimed. Jesus was, and thousands were gathering to become this early church.
1: Then we heard even
0: with Pastor um, Rob the other other week in Acts chapter 2, where they were called to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. We've been called to these things as an early church. Then even recently, even before um, Pastor Luke brought together last week, Adele was telling us, and asking us to uh, come together, to draw near to God, to hold in to motivate one another, so that we are together
1: following
0: who Jesus is. And as uh, Pastor Luke brought the vision last week, uh, that is one uh, that we are gathering together, we're walking together, we're serving together, we've been called things here in Abraham. And and it's a great privilege that we are part of this calling that we that we have. Just the same as the disciples, what a privilege they had. They literally walked with Christ for three years. But we walk with Christ even now by his Holy Spirit working in us. But just because we called and just because they were called doesn't mean life always goes easy. It says here in, uh, in the passage I read, read that um, the storm came out of the blue. It was a sudden storm. It was a, but soon it happened. It just came across the path. We're not promised a, a smooth ride. Uh, in fact, many times we we see that um, harsh things and bad things happen to good people, uh, and that happens in our lives. But you know what? Uh, Jesus told us all about that. John chapter sixteen, verse thirty-three says, "This is Jesus speaking. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart; I have overcome the world." Jesus has brought that message to to the disciples a little later on uh, from this. Part that we are reading. But he has promised that, us that we will have trouble. But he's promised that he has overcome this world. No matter what storm arises, Jesus is alive. And he has overcome this world. And they, all these disciples were there together in this book. And quite often in life trouble comes my way and your way, and sometimes we think I'm the only one whoever goes through this. And uh, we it's easy for me to think, Lord, there's nobody else, I'm going through this, nobody else has done this anymore.
1: But you know what, it,
0: it's very clear in God's word that um, the writer once he, he wrote uh, to the later on to the Corinthians and said, uh, temptations are common to all men. But trouble is common to all men as well. Everyone uh will have difficulties and they are uh common to us all. But the great thing is, we can have Jesus in our boat, in our lives. Jesus to be with us each and every way. We can get ready for these storms that come along. Uh, and part of that is in a time where maybe life is a bit calmer, or you're not seeing some things, we can prepare for them. How can we prepare for the storms? Well, it's straightforward in the sense, it's to read God's word. It's to pray to Him right it's to meet together. It's to worship Him, not just here on a Sunday, but every day of our lives, giving worship to our God, and it it stores up within us. It uh, we're almost filling the pantry, I can say, ready for uh, a time where life is going to be difficult. I'll be bringing a little bit about Joseph later on. And, uh, Joseph was a man who got to a position when a family was going to going to take place in seven years. And in seven for the seven years he prepared, ready for the difficult times. And in our lives, we can prepare even for difficult times by taking in more and more of who God is and what he can do in our lives. Uh, unfortunately, I was watching the rugby yesterday that it didn't go very well. Um, but you know, this uh, you, you you see the goal kicker as much as anything else, the practice does. He does time and time and time before the game ever happens, so that during the game he can do the right thing. Uh, and it, it gets quite comical. You look at the Welsh number 10, and, and he does a lot of this as he's getting. And you watch him, he does it every time. He's in, he's in the sort of zone that he's practiced so much just so that he hits the ball between the posts. And it's that practice that allows him to do it in stressful situations. In the storm of it all, he's done all the things before, so that he knows what to do when it happens. And that's the shame of us. The more we take into God's word, in the difficult time, it's his Holy Spirit that speaks into our hearts and into our minds to remind us, to tell us this is the time that's coming, this is what I have prepared you for. In those lean times, God will have stored up with us within us a time to go through. But, it's not, it's not a natural thing. Like, we talk about the gold kicker and it's a natural thing that he does. God brings a spiritual thing into each and every one of us. It's Jesus in the boat. And that's my second point. Jesus is in the boat of our minds. Disciples were starting to get out of their death. You know, uh, I'm sure there were a couple of seasonal fishermen amongst them. I'm sure they were Trying to do it themselves and the sleep trying to point the boat in the right way or put the sails up or down or whichever um, altering the rudder i'm sure the other ones of them who were fishermen they learned very quickly how to bail the water out of that boat they would have tried so many of their own things and uh, then they realized that jesus was asleep at the back of the boat. Now, even as we read it now, we think, how on earth did Jesus sleep at the back of the boat? You know, the boat is being tossed and turned, there's water coming in, but it says that Jesus slept in the back of the boat. Uh, was it the fact that the Son of God wasn't worried about this time? He knew what he was going to do. He knew what was happening within his life. He knew that uh, by his word, things would change. He had a purpose of why he was there. Why was he quiet? And we go through times in our lives where we may think God is quiet in our life. As I said, I've been reading Joseph lately, And uh, so many times in Joseph's life, you look at it and you read the story and you think, uh, God doesn't seem to be listening to him. More so for Joseph. Joseph must have thought, God is listening to him. He had so many promises within his life. But there was times where God was quiet. You know, the time when he was thrown into the pit by his brothers. He was quiet. God, He undoubtedly called out, not just to his brothers, but even to God. God, why am I here? There was the time in prison where he had been put into prison and he was spending time there. And then people came along his path and he, he told them, when you get out, remember me. And they got out and it was two years before they remembered. A time where I'm sure Joseph himself was calling out to God and saying, God, come and rescue me out of the situation. But God was quiet at that time for him. No matter how much he called, he was being allowed to go through the situation. And that's sometimes with us, with storms. Sometimes storms come into our lives and we don't understand why we've got to go through this path of that. And we call out to God, God take me out of this or do something. But God doesn't seem to alter anything. Do you know what? God is still there in the midst of the storm with each and every one of us. We it may be a time that is trying to God is trying to teach us to trust Him, have greater things. Maybe it's a time where we will learn a lesson in order for something further down. Maybe it is to bring about a different purpose that we just don't know about. But God hasn't left us. He is still in the boat as he was with these disciples. They did the right thing. They went to Jesus and they called him. They asked him to come into this, situa- into the situation they were in. They realized Jesus hadn't left them. When the storm was going on, Jesus hadn't got out of the boat and disappeared. He hadn't walked the water away from them. He was still there within the boat in a storm. They were to.
1: And as we come
0: to Christ and commit our lives to Him, He has promised never to leave us, never to forsake us, never to leave us as orphans. That's what His Word tells us. He comes by His Holy Spirit to live with us each and every day. And this storm was happening and they didn't understand it. But you know what? God had a plan and a purpose. Just the same as Joseph, uh, when I think back to that story, and he was put in the pit, uh, a preacher brought, and I think I've mentioned it before, a preacher brought from this um, platform when he talked about the life of Joseph. Even though he was in the pit, God had already started a group of nomads and camels, maybe days before, making their journey going past where, this, uh, where the brothers and the picked ones. And it may have started days ago, but just at the right time, um, camels came and Joseph and Saul. Well, you would think, well, that, that, that doesn't seem very good timing. Well, it was good timing because, well, when the boys, the brothers were going to murder. You know, it. But two, that those camels and those romans were taking him down to Egypt. And to be sold at just the right time to a man called Potiphar, and again, you know, it was Potiphar. Right? I don't know if he was there, but maybe one of his servants or uh, someone who controlled this house bought Joseph in that market or in that place, and he was sold. And you you think, well, God is manoeuvred even Potiphar, but that wasn't the end of it. He ended up in prison, and you think, well, God is can't possibly be in that anymore. But the butler and the baker were sent at the right time, even into his prison. And, and uh, through God giving Joseph the interpretations of the dreams, they were, both of them were taken out of prison, the butler and the baker. But the Baker had a sad ending, but the butler was restored to his position. But it was two years before he remembered about Joseph. And it was only then Joseph was taken out of prison. But you know what? the right time that those things are happening. God is a God of great providence. He brings about situations in our life that we would never have worked out. We may look back at them and I'm sure you like myself, we can look back at situations and you think at the time you might have thought why have I gone through it? But when you look back you think, I know why I've gone through that. God has brought me through that in such a way so that something else is about to happen some of the blessing or some of the way. Um and, and we can look back and we see that. Sometimes we can look back and we never see it. You know, God has put us through something we think, or putting us through something. And we think, Lord, well, we don't know why. But you know what? God will answer that. But it may not be in my time. It may not be while I'm still here. It may be a time when God has taken me to be in heaven itself. God will reveal to me even the The times that we've gone through and the maneuvers and and the difficulties and everything else. It was a time for each, uh, for this time, for these disciples, uh, that God was moving in them. But when he got up and he calmed the water, he said to them, uh, little faith that they have. And I thought that was quite a rebuke in one sense. But I think maybe that Jesus was trying to say to them, remember who I am? This is me. I'm the person in the boat with you, Jesus, the Son of God. Your faith isn't in what um, what you can do with the storm that's going on, but it's who He is, the Savior of the world, the Mighty God, the Great God. Isaiah 45 verse five says, "I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you." Though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun, the place of the setting people may know there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form the light and I create darkness. I bring prosperity and create, create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. Then John 1 verse 1 says, in the beginning was the word, which is Jesus. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The one in the boat was the creator of the world. The one in the boat had the power to stand up and say by his word. Waves cease. Winds stop blowing. Be calm. And they obey in the He has that power. We've got to remember that uh, the one who is living in us, which is so easy for me to forget, so easy for me not to have the faith, he is the one who has the power over all things. He is the God who has been risen from the dead. He is the one. Who is alive? He has conquered death and hell and that who is in the boat with you and me this morning. When God called us, He he hasn't left us. He is still with us. When He saved us, He still loves us. Quite often my natural eyes and our natural eyes get caught around with the things that are around us. But more and more in these days we should be asking God to open our spiritual eyes to see who He is. In this world that we live in. Because it's through our spiritual eyes we see the third point, which is getting to the other side. Jesus said right at the begin- beginning, he called his disciples and he said, um, uh, let's go to the other side of the lake. And then in verse 25 it says, um, where is your faith? He asked Jesus, disciples. Who is this? In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. They sailed to the region, which is across the lake from Galilee, and Jesus stepped ashore. He had a purpose for his journey. Jesus was the one who said, let's go. They shouldn't have doubted Jesus because he said, let's go to the other side. He was the one who was going to be taken Jesus knew the big picture. Quite often, um, if you're ever building a, a jigsaw, we, we have a picture to see what it looks like. But quite often, we focus on maybe a small corner and try to get uh, that part of the picture. And we, we're not involved with the other parts. but you know, Jesus sees the big picture. He knows what it's like completed. We, we just see that corner that we're trying to fill in so many times. Jesus had a purpose of getting to the other side, the purpose of even going through the storm in their life.
1: There was a man on
0: the other side, a man who was possessed, a man who whose life was one of living in this in cemeteries, the one uh, where he, he was uh, just a total outcast, one who couldn't be controlled, and Jesus had a purpose for going to see him because. After he had met this man on the other side of the lake, they journeyed back. So the only reason Jesus was going was to reach out to this man here. And that's what he did. He released the man from the bondage he was in. The man's life changed completely. to the, the fact that he went round all the region telling everyone how his life had been changed, how he'd been healed, he proclaimed that it was Jesus was the one who had done it. No matter um, the, the storm they had to go through had a purpose on the other side. Jesus wanted to bring himself and the love of God to him and to those around. Joseph in uh, Genesis 15, uh, as you get to the end of the story and the, the hatred that he had of his brothers and all the, the prisons and the pits and everything he has gone through and then his father dying and how difficult life was. Um, The brothers were starting to get afraid now that their father had died, what Joseph was going to do for them. But uh, Joseph called them, it says in Genesis 15, 19 and so. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives." So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children, as he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. God had a purpose for Joseph. God has a purpose within our life. Even with storms coming in our lives, God still has a purpose as we commit ourselves to him. He has a purpose for us. Second Corinthians chapter one says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. You know, sometimes we will go through things so that we will help to help others through down the line. We've gone through something so that we can not just have sympathy with someone, but have empathy with them. We've been in that place. We know what it's like. And we can help by God's grace to have ministering them to that situation. It, it's, it's what church is. It's what coming together is. God using one another to serve uh, as we gather together so that He can minister to each other's lives because of what He's done within our life. The words that we say, the actions that we do, the arm around the shoulder, the, the comforting words that the redirection into God's word and, and what, what he has said to us may be something that somebody else needs.
1: So as we go forward
0: in this journey, uh, that, um, Pastor Luke has brought us the vision of gathering together, walking together, serving together, we, are, we are doing church. We're allowing God to work through us and even some of our difficulties that we can help one another. So just to finish. One, two, three. Storms, even when we're falling, even when you're trusting God, you'll still get a storm. But you can trust God even through that. Why? Because He is in the boat. He's in our lives. If we've committed ourselves to Him, even though it seems quiet at times, maybe He seems asleep, He's yeah. not. He's still aware of each and everything that we're going through. And why? Well, there may be a purpose. There may be another sign God can use that other side that we're going through so that He can bring about His purpose within our lives and within the lives of others. So, just some simple thoughts. I hope that God uh, blesses you with May we just commit ourselves, pure as church, to, to one another and to those who are with us. Amen.